Welcome back to Coffee Social, the podcast. I'm your host, Thalia Loya. Our next batch of episodes will include interviews with fellow communications and marketing professionals. This week, we have Melissa Villa-Williamson of MVW Communications discussing the principles of PR and social media. Uh, Melissa is an award-winning communicator with over 16 years of general marketing and multicultural integrated marketing communications experience in agency, corporate, and nonprofit settings. Today, she serves clients as the chief communication architect of her own virtual agency, MVW Communications. Melissa is a 360 communicator that has a special passion for public relations. She has directed marketing communication strategy for brands such as HEB, Alamo College's District, La Familia Cortez Restaurants, Girl Scouts of Southwest Texas, Meals on Wheels San Antonio, and many more. In addition to her agency work, she is also a professional workshop facilitator, leading workshops for the Children's Shelter, Family Tapestry Division, CPS Energy, Alamo College's Workforce Network, and Spurs Sports and Entertainment. She also consults as a communication coach, has taught as an adjunct faculty, and is a frequent guest speaker at college campuses. For more information, you can visit her website at www.mvw360.com, and I will let Melissa take over from here. <laughs> Thank you, Claudia. <laughs> that, that always makes me feel like, have I done anything? I've done some things. <laughs> Still a lot to do, for sure. Um, and like Claudia said, thank you all so much for coming. I know that time is really short and precious and we appreciate all of yours today. Um, gonna make this super value filled for you for sure. And the only thing I really wanted to highlight from there, Claudia, is that yeah, public relations is certainly like my specialty. My passion um, is how I really developed and grew up in the business because I believe in you know, doing good for people. And when you do right by people, um, you know, everything else kind of takes care of itself in terms of marketing promotion, right? I mean, more than ever, we're seeing the authenticity um, of, you know, living your brand and your mission and your vision um, really, really matter to the community. So I think it's really important that it's baked into your social media. And that's what we'll talk about today. Absolutely. <clears throat> Well then, let's jump in. Is everyone ready? I think I'm so. ready, let's go. Okay, so <laughs> let's go ahead and start with our first question. Um, what are the basic principles of PR? Yeah, absolutely. And, and Claudia put together uh, a PowerPoint. She'll show that on the screen. We don't have much for you, but we thought this slide was really important. Um, you know, like any other industry, there's been multiple historical figures who really made an impression and, and, and shipped how we practice in the industry today. Um, one that we wanted to share with you was Arthur Page. He had been a VP at AT&T and was really instrumental during World War II. Um, he put together these seven principles of PR management, which we thought was a good grounding for our conversation today. Um, so those principles, right? Um, you know, he was one of the first historical figures that said, I'm not just going to be a publicity person or how I tell a lot of uh, people today is like, I'm not a yes person, right? I'm not always going to say yes. Um, we're going to provide real counsel in making sure that we're setting the standard for the actual actions an organization takes versus just writing out a nice fluffy message that has no substance to it. So these principles are key. Number one is tell the truth. Right? Um, so if in your social media and your content you're developing, if you're not being accurate, um, 
that just completely you know makes everything fall apart from the beginning right so making sure that your organization is telling the truth um that means you might have to fact check right a lot of times i get um i get facts or figures and if they just put that little red flag you know into my heart um i'm quick to say like oh that's really interesting where did you get that information or the last time i saw that number it was 500 not 5,000. has something changed and in a very friendly manner make sure that you fact check um, because one thing I want you all to walk away from today is, you know, if you're responsible for social media in your organization, in essence, you're responsible. Like, let's take mm -hmm, that in, mm -hmm. right? Um, in, in PR, we would say that that person has the responsibility, the professional has a responsibility um, to be ethical, to be truthful, to live up these principles. And so if you kind of keep that as your shield, it'll help your organization as well. So. Proving it with action. Uh, we saw a lot of this, right, Claudia? If, if people yes. said, you know, that they stood behind Black Lives Matter, they were close to the carpet if their board wasn't diverse, if there were employee issues in that space, um, if they, the CEO, the founder, the leader, put some off-color messages or visuals on social, that fell right apart, and boom, you killed number two and number one, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, listening to the customer, um, you know, I remember I've been in the field for about 16 years. Um, I'm by no means, you know, old, Claudia, <laughs> even though I'm older than you. Um, social media, that's a, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah, but I remember the development of like internet for home and I remember the landlines and how excited we got with that noise and the integration of, of uh, social media coming into business and really from like us having MySpace accounts to starting to, hey, you know, we could use this. So it's really interesting to think about how social media got into um, the communications practice. Mm -hmm. PR people walked up to it and because we really focus on building that win-win, long-term relationship between an organization and its stakeholders or our customers, clients, mm -hmm. um, we thought this is a great way to talk with our people, right? Absolutely. And then then different sides of the house went, mm, this is a good way to market to the people or sell to the people, right? Um, or gain eyeballs and reach and whatever, to so sell the widgets. And uh, so listening to the customer, a lot of the customer service type work, or, you know, we hear you, we're gonna respond in this way, or monitoring trends, a lot of that came out of the PR side of the house, or we would say that, right? Um, yeah. You know, we won't, won't get into that battle today, but with that heart in mind and the people in mind listening is always gonna matter, right? And there's even professional tools to listen on social with, um, you know, like Brand Watch and Talkwalker and that kind of thing. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, managing for tomorrow, right? That's always anticipating what might be coming, right? I mentioned in the beginning while we were just like kind of gearing up today that, hey, I heard that there may be a press conference by the governor at five o'clock today, which means you know, you're always having those open ears and you're watching the conversations, you know, in the news, consuming the news, right? Because then you right. will be able to see the trends and you will be go, huh, I'm noticing this kind of messaging is coming out in healthcare. Maybe that's more of an acceptable way to talk about COVID-19, right? Or I'm noticing that people seem to get mad when we're using all lives matter right now. Why is that, right? So let me anticipate. So for our next post, we're going to make sure we you know, work around or with that, right? Mm -hmm. So keeping an eye on the managing and anticipating, it's like a forecaster, like what else might be coming? Um, and then looking at the patterns in the community. And again, mm -hmm. like 
you know, there's nothing original. Like, you know, like we're all talking about the Spanish flu. Like this has happened before. Like what are some tried and true things that worked before, you know, sometimes work for today. Um, really conducting that PR is if the whole company really depends on it because it really does. Like your employees are brand champions or the brand haters, right? Um, and they have their own accounts and they have their own autonomy in some ways and, you know, they can help build you up or take you down. Uh -huh. um, so really it all depends on it, but no strategy should be implemented in a silo on its own. Um, you know, I've worked, like you said, in, in smaller organizations, Hispanic boutique, tiny agency, um, you know, where I helped buy toilet paper, right? And then I right. was in a big corporation too. Um, but even if you have different departments from marketing and advertising, social, where does that live? That's always a question sometimes. You have to collaborate and at least come together in a committee to talk okay, what's coming up next month, right? What are the messages that are important? What are we seeing in this side, right? And because and, it depends on everybody. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the true character of a company is expressed by its people. Like how true is that today, Claudia? Oh yeah, I mean, anyone that has a Facebook page <laughs> will figure out your company's character. Yeah, absolutely. Like it, it, that bold promise that an organization may have, like that's, it, that's brought to life by the actions we see the company take, but the company is built of humans, right? So it depends mm -hmm. on what those people actually do. Um, so we're seeing that a lot too. And especially the higher you up, the higher up you are on the leadership ladder, the more of an impression and influence and um, what you have to say or write uh -huh. or share or like matters. Right. Um, so those of you who work with leadership or work closely with a founder, you know, what they have to say is just so vitally important. And what they don't say at times can be, but there can be some strategy behind that. So we'll keep going. Um, and then above it all, like be that calming force, you know, be patient. You don't always have to follow the trends. Sometimes it's better to watch, look for the patterns, find the best practices, see what you shouldn't do, and then make a movement, right? Mm -hmm. um, particularly in some of these hot topics. Um, and then good humor, right? Levity. Like, if you know me for anything, I'm going to crack a joke. It's going to be family friendly. I'm never going to, like, try to pigeonhole <laughs> myself or get myself in trouble. But, you know, just being that sense of calm and, like, you know, we've seen especially right now, any kind of levity that's in, in good nature um, and on behalf of your people is going to be appreciated. So those are the key seven principles we wanted you all to know about and use as kind of a gauntlet or filter as you're making content. Uh -huh. And these are great to apply when, you know, approaching social media. So that's why everything just goes hand in hand and has a lot of overlap. Um, Absolutely. Great, great principles. So. Um, why would a business consult a PR professional? At what point do, should they start? Um, and should it be ongoing? Well, you know, if you think about what the history is and what we're living through now, it's like, when should you not? But, you know, I'm also a PR person, so let's not say I'm self-serving in that manner. Uh, but all business begins with, you know, your public, kind of giving you permission in essence to exist, right? Without a demand, we can't exist. Um, and, and that engagement of the public and their approval and they're buying our services or they're you know, buying our products is our end all be all. So having that PR person is really central to long-term success. 
um, when you have that long-term game in mind, like you want to be in business for a long time, it's really good to at least have a PR person available to call. You have a connection. Everyone on here, like anything you need, even if it's just a quick piece of advice, I'm happy to serve you in that way because I think good business, right, helps all. Um, and so I think it's vitally important, especially times like now when we're going through a sustained crisis, to understand that um, it's an investment worth worth taking. Because um, right now, the depth we have in our community and the emotional equity we can build with those we serve, um, that's gonna really help pull us through to the other end. I think that's why, Claudia, we've seen like some of these restaurants that are in trouble, um, you know, our bar friends that are in trouble, when they call out to the community, if they've been doing the good work, um, mm -hmm. being involved, donating, um, giving back, um, getting engaged, they've seen the community come out and help, you know, and line up around that taco shop or line up around that bandaria to be there to support them. So, um, you know, they may not have a PR person like in-house all the time, right. um, but having that kind of connection, I think, is more valuable than ever today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what can small businesses do to incorporate these principles into their current social media plans? Yeah, I think, you know, first you want to make sure you actually have a plan, right? And are taking that time to build out the content. And at least, you know, I, I, today I feel like it's so fluid. Um, in, in our personal content for MBW Communications, we're going week by week. Mm -hmm. where normally you might want to plan out a month and, and sure if you have um some evergreen or like good all year posts absolutely but make sure you're being planful and proactive and not just oh what do i post today because that's what tends to get people in trouble mm -hmm. in terms of not thinking through what they have to say or making even a simple error right mm -hmm. um so whatever you plan out whether it's a week or a month in advance you know you want to just kind of gauge that against those seven principles that we offered right Mm -hmm. Are am I telling the truth? Are the facts correct? Did I attribute um, this quote to the right person? Did I hyperlink to the right article, right? All of that mm -hmm. matters. One word can make all the difference. You know, oh, yeah. even, even this simple between, um, I know when we write content, I'll challenge, um, you know, our writers when I'm saying, you know, even the difference between a, a and the is like an ownership difference that can make a lot. Mm -hmm. you know, of, of um, good or bad for somebody. Mm -hmm. So everything really matters, um, you know, and, and really thinking, am I creating content that's in alignment with those principles and responsive to what my customers need at this time? Um, you know, whether that's a little bit of hope, a little bit of inspiration, um, a resource, you know, um, you know, knowing about this grant opportunity depends, right? If you're B2B, that's going to be different than, you know, business to consumer. Right. Um, but if you follow and listen and even ask, hey, what kind of content would you like us to create? Or what are you, and look at your analytics, you can see, okay, what are they needing from me? So um, I think those are some ways you can kind of integrate it right away. Um, and then more than anything, make sure you're doing the good work right? Don't just say you care about X, Y, Z, like show right. it. And if you haven't done the good work, start doing it and start telling that story. You know, you don't have to say you care about something, but if you show you do, that's going to just pay off so much more. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So to post or not to post, um, this is kind of one of my favorite question. Yeah. This is usually when, when Melissa and I are on the phone, like, 
Okay, what do we do? Um, when should we contact our PR specialist before posting to social media channels? I mean, always, like, <laughs> you know, I think it depends on a couple things, right? So um, ideally, right, you're working in this proactive manner where it's an integrated team or collaborative. When, so, when a Claudia and I work together on accounts, um, the category of account matters. So an education client, there's no room, right, for a misspelling, right? If you're going to say, get your degree, and we're smart enough to help you do that, and then you have misspelled words, like, I don't believe you, right? Right, right. <laughs> no, you don't, ma'am. Um, so, you know, making sure you're integrated, um, even the visuals matter. You know, I know we've talked before. I'm like, I'm not sure that visual, that might upset this group. And here's why. And, and right. having that. So even at least two brains is better than one. Um, but if you can have a diverse kind of um, committee or that PR specialist, at least on call, you know, I'd be willing to even just look at, hey, could you just look through our content for this month? Mm -hmm. And then I'll just ask questions, react to it. Um, and that's a simple bit of coaching. I think any small business can, can have at their hands. Um, but it depends on the topic for sure, right? The, mm -hmm. Anything around racial justice, anything around um, something that's a little more volatile or polarizing of a, a topic should definitely be looked at. Mm -hmm. And definitely like to post or not to post, when you're in doubt, just don't. There's right. always something else you can do or share or say, right? Mm -hmm. um, and some days it's better, you know, it, not to say anything. It's better to not say something if you're not comfortable and give yourself a little bit of space, a couple of hours to craft a message mm -hmm. um, than to just be reactive and jump on a train and you don't know where it's going, right? Yeah, <laughs> and we, we've seen a lot of interesting things posted in recent months um, in regard to anything, really, um, where you can tell that whoever is managing the channels, typically the business owner, you know, wants to get something out right away. And not only are there misspellings, but you can tell that they really didn't take the time to, like, think it through and their colleagues or coworkers um, to let them know that they were going to post something. Um, one thing you don't want to do is have an employee text you like, I just saw something posted on our Facebook page. What is this all about? So you can get everyone in the loop. That's just social media, like 101. But um, jumping into like the heavier topics um, around COVID-19, what advice would you give small businesses who do not have a PR specialist on retainer about sharing views and information about COVID? Yeah, so COVID has been such an interesting case study for all of us. Um, you know, there's different types of crises that, you know, as a PR practitioner, you, you would study. This is one at this point we would call a sustained crisis. Um, and never before, I think, at least in my industry time, have we seen something with such a long impact. Um, and it's kind of different, right, and varying. So I think what's a, I'll give advice, it's a little more, conservative and universal and of course you all tailor for your channels your audiences your brands right your leadership and vision um, but in a general sense you could stick to helpful fact-based resources um, anything that is a something that like metro health here in san antonio public health officials share um, that is validated i i think is helpful um, you know, if there's new testing center near your location, for example, that you know your community around your zip code areas, 
follow you tend to follow you um, that would be a good example for um, for one but someone that's a safe authority in that space I would say again those resources inspiring messages are tend to be very warmly received because this is very heavy for all of us uh -huh. um, there's a lot of different scenarios people are living through some shared some not at all um, so that's really important to consider nothing that you would feel like is tongue-in-cheek or sarcastic there's not much room for that you know you don't know who's lost a loved one right. um, or is personally sick at home while they read that message right so consider that um, you know again that's that tailoring right and meeting people where they are in, in your audience but what part of COVID response or information, um, resources, facts, do you think your audience needs or expects from you, right? Mm -hmm. If you are, um, you know, a funny lifestyle brand, for example, I mean, the heavier messages is gonna just feel dissonant, right? Um, so you wanna consider that. But I would definitely say don't or never mask shame, right? as in, look at these unmasked people, right? That is just so disappointing to see, right? So don't join in there. I think by now, most people know to wear a mask. If you have a new rule in your organization that wasn't there before that you need to communicate, absolutely share that. If you want to kind of, hi, Rocky, <laughs> reiterate um, that Rocky now must wear a mask when he comes in to our coffee social. Rocky, I don't see yours. See, I shouldn't shame him, right? It's poor Rocky. Um, but if you want to reiterate, you know, how you're helping the community with your safe practices, that's a pretty good space. Um, but, you know, say it and move on, right? We're right. all seeing enough of it. Um, definitely no false articles or information, no conspiracy theories. Make sure you actually read articles before you share. I see some of that. It's a catchy headline and they share it without actually looking at the quotes inside and then they get uh -huh. themselves in trouble. Or it seems like they're taking one side of an issue or another without even knowing what was inside that copy, right? right, right. You're going to share an article. If you're going to share a podcast, you're going to share a TV store, you better consume it and make sure that that's on brand for everything we're talking about today. Uh -huh. So, um, you know, we've had a surge of COVID cases in Texas, and um, there's been a lot of conversation around, you know, at what point should a business disclose that an employee has tested positive? Um, I know there are HIPAA laws around, you know, naming names and all that right. stuff. So how can businesses navigate that? Yeah, I think, um, well, one thing I asked really early on and we started watching who was disclosing and how right so that goes back to uh, monitoring your environment monitoring the pros especially the ones that you think do business right benchmark mm -hmm. right all the best practices um, but in general i was on a, a webinar with our local um, public relations society of america chapter and there were some municipality offices um, on there some some real great strong leaders in the space and and what they shared was you know, the more public facing that person was, the more likely um, they were to share it externally. Mm -hmm. And remember, external doesn't just mean media, right? Um, right? There's some crisis messages that are important for media because it impacts such a large number of people. There's no way your organization could share it. So we're seeing some examples of like local grocery stores who are sharing, hey, you know, one of our staff members in this grocery store 
tested positive. Well, why is that? Well, one, because um, they know it's kind of in their Google practices to be transparent. And the other is because that employee has the potential to be exposed to so many customers. It's, right. it's kind of an unknown, right? Mm -hmm. um, so the more public engaging and facing that individual is, the more likely it is important to share um, externally via that kind of mass message with media. You know, positives are pretty likely across most organizations right now. Um, I think in the beginning, it was very frightening because everyone was sharing because it was such a novel virus <laughs> in our um, community. Um, but now there's probably a positive just about everywhere unless you're, you know, working inside your home. And so what that means is, you know, what's important is to, to alert those who are most likely impacted immediately and work out from there. Um, as you need to. And how to find out what you need to do is to check in with your local public health authority. Um, they typically have hotlines um, like ours in Metro Health. And you check in with them um, for fact checking and say, okay, what would be truthful about the situation here? Was the scenario specific to this case? Because everything is a case by case basis. Right. Um, and then determining, they'll help you determine what the amount of risk is. Was it low? Was it high, medium, right? and who should be alerted and the rating of that. Um, so they kind of help you. And then that also helps um, with them and as they start their contact tracing protocols. Um, it's important that you maintain the confidentiality of the people involved, right? We right. never say like, whoa, Claudia got COVID y'all. So be careful anyone <laughs> who's on this call. <laughs> um, you know, you don't want to disclose. Um, right. And you maintain that while sharing enough about the situation so people can identify if they may have been impacted. Um, and then it just goes back to some real strong um, fundamentals of crisis communication. What happened? Who does it impact? What are the steps being taken right now um, in this example to clean and prevent more outbreak in the future, right? Because right. um, at this point, no one can guarantee zero transmission. It's more of how do we coexist with COVID-19? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have some questions I see popping up. Um, I don't know if we should address that now or? Sure. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and move over to some of our questions in the chat box. So uh, Nick asks, how can you assure that your statements of caring or emblems of caring will be perceived as genuine and not rote or gratuitous? Yeah, I think that has um, two things, two immediate thoughts. One is run that by more than one person. Person, right so in smaller organizations if you don't have a PR person with you that can kind of poke holes right in the scenario um, especially if they're outside counsel I have so much leverage to ask questions that in-house employees may not feel comfortable doing right um, mm -hmm. and so you know having some kind of social media committee you know and not just the personality or, or a leader that's just going to kind of bulldoze everyone and make them kind of, you know, take the same stance, but real diverse, diverse in terms of education, where they work in the organization, you know, what is their background, how do they identify on the different topics I think would really help. Mm -hmm. um, could be totally ad hoc, but a lot of people like to have that opportunity to weigh in. And so running something like that past that group would be very helpful, right? Um, some of the, in the Black Lives Matter scenario that what I've seen is um, some pushback that employees are giving to organizations is, okay, so you've had a um, diversity committee or this committee on um, 
you know, Black Lives Matter, and there's not a Black person on this committee. Right. Or there's only one. Why is that, right? And right. so that's when you get called on the carpet. So when you write a statement like that, Nick, that's nice and sweet and empathetic, but the actual work behind it doesn't mm -hmm. prove true in that statement, that's when you're going to probably be in trouble. So um, you may want to do a little bit of the work and then roll out the statement, maybe touch on a point or two where you were imperfect and where you're growing from there. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts, Claudia? I, I agree. Um, you know, people can spot fake anything a mile away, um, especially the younger generation. Um, kids can spot fake news. They can, they will gladly comb the internet for any historical evidence that might prove you wrong. Um, so if you are going to make a, a statement that, you know, you're, you're showing that you care, then make sure that you can prove it and back it up. I yeah. agree 100%. Um, we have another question from CJ. What talking points would you recommend if we have a supervisor who believes in quantity over quality when it comes to social media posts, even if the high volume of posts are not valuable to the audience? Um, well, that's when you go back to the analytics, mm -hmm. right? And you stick to the truth, right? right. So just the facts, ma'am, is that, you know, da, da, da. So Claudia and I will talk about it. And we're like, we'll look at posts and we'll see what is really resonating, right? What time of day does it matter? Um, you know, there is exhaustion out there and that is absolutely real. There's COVID fatigue. There's mm -hmm. just social fatigue. Um, it's super noisy. So quality typically wins over quantity mm -hmm. um, unless you have some kind of, you know, Twitter chat going on or something where you need a lot of messaging out, um, you know, or there's some crazy alert happening. You need to make sure that the community knows what's happening and give them real time updates. Other than that, it goes back to your insights and mm -hmm. improving what works, how often, what time, and let's do more of this. You know, going from good to great, I think really helps people go a little more viral as they want to, or a little, um, get that brand love that they're hoping for versus just throwing a lot of, you know, D content out there, right? D right. And sometimes, you know, putting out information that's not valuable to your audience will turn your audience away. At some point you'll begin to lose followers because you're not providing valuable information or resources to them, whatever it may be. So that might be something you want to bring up. Um, also it takes a lot of time to create posts for nothing. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you don't want to be in that boat either. <laughs> yeah. Cause you can actually correlate. Okay. You know, this week we did three posts. And mm -hmm. let's say you're just doing apples to apples of the same type of content. This week we did three posts and this is what the engagement was like, right? And this week we did 10 posts and here's what the engagement was like. And oops, we had this many unfollows, right? Yeah. Then you can prove your, your case. Right. Good luck, CJ. I'm on your side. You know, that's tough. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm going to go ahead and pull into a different direction um, revolving, revolving around Black Lives Matter. Um, there's clearly a right and wrong way when supporting the Black Lives Matter movement. How can small or new businesses create a conversation around Black Lives Matter? Yeah, yeah, definitely tough. Great question. Um, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, the wrong way is easier to see. 
right? So what's that expression that hindsight's 2020? Uh -huh. And uh, except for this year, right? There, <laughs> there's no clarity in our vision this year, but what it's is 2020. clear? <laughs> yeah, it's 2020. What is clear is that, you know, if that true character is expressed by its people, if your organization really lived that work, um, you know, everyone getting involved with that organization is upholding that, then it's a lot easier to do the right thing and, and have a, um, a meaningful conversation with your stakeholders. Um, you know, you can really show your support in strategic ways that's focused on people, focused on um, positive impact versus, um, I guess, elevating some more of the negative perceptions or feelings or misconceptions around Black Lives Matter in the conversation. But that's where it goes back to, you know, who are real subject matter experts in that space? And are we asking them? Um, you know, I have a, a public relations colleague who, you know, runs this amazing association of independent practitioners across the country. And uh, one thing that she said is she said, you know, I have a third job right now because I am a black American. And now everyone's asking me for my opinion and guidance on this, but actually that's not my expertise, right? Mm -hmm. um, I know in, in my um, career, I've been put in the Hispanic bucket sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. And while I work with all kinds of groups and all kinds of industries, yes, I'm of the culture. And you can actually ask me about the culture and practices and norms and messaging because I've studied the culture and mm -hmm. I've done Hispanic PR and marketing and I worked on that in grad school. And so I know that subject, but just because I'm of that group doesn't mean I'm, you know, um, comfortable with that lexicon, right? And, right? and all that has to matter. And we're all individuals. So, um, you know, getting that conversation started is, you know, it's absolutely okay to want to do that but thinking through very cautiously of how you can do that in a, a smart way is, is really key and going back to so who are real um, authorities in diversity and inclusion in right. the black um, community and what historically systemic racism has been about but thinking also in alignment with your brand who do you serve do they um, align with those messages or is that going to be a real journey for you um, you know, are, is your organization ready to get beat up a little bit if you haven't been doing the great work, right? Because there right. is going to be some backlash at first, but then you can grow from that. So there's a lot to be questioned in it. Um, but thinking about, you know, that conversation, kind of like your awesome SA foundation, right? Where you, uh -huh. are, you can power good work, right? So right. a quick alignment with someone who scholarships that can empower individuals in that space, you know, would absolutely. be a absolutely positive step for most organizations. Um, you know, but looking at the right speakers that are going to be in alignment, our educators in that space, but also are on brand with the kind of um, image your company has, right? Uh -huh. um, universal non-polarizing resources that are out there that are in alignment um, is helpful. There's um, a podcast I love called The Happiness Lab. And I know that when we've been looking at MVW content, and it, it's been tricky for us. Um, and we, because of all the different groups and all the bridges we want to build, and what they have to say about what psychology has to say about othering and how we can work through different bias, 
is so is, has such a great crossover effect that's safe for us to share for right. example right mm -hmm. so those are some ways but definitely handle it with care pre-test messages against your committee make sure that there's a person of the group you want to um, talk with them not to them mm -hmm. right about these things ask your employees um, talk with HR if you have that organization what would mm -hmm. your employees say about you like what's under that hood right. because um, sometimes when you take a a saying stand you say something but that work isn't really there that's when people get in trouble mm -hmm. and again if you are a small business owner and you're a team of one or two um you know a lot of your local professionals were more than happy to take mm -hmm. your emails and answer questions so um re reach out to melissa reach out to myself um we do have another question from jessica um, do you have any tips around how a company might continue to post brand related content while also not seeming, not seeming tone deaf to issues that are impacting our community around us, for example, COVID and Black Lives Matter? Yeah, you know, um, a little bit of context would help a wee bit, but you don't have to um, give up your privacy, right, with that question. Again, case by case, tailoring, tailoring. But it goes back to that one little word or phrase. So mm -hmm. a lot of like what, what I suggest clients post right now is, yes, you know, um, hold steadfast to your mission and how you serve others. Um, there's a lot of scope creep, I think, because, uh, you know, great. If you innovated and now you make masks, for example, versus Legos, um, that would, you know, absolutely uh, talk about that, pivot in those ways. But if there's something vital you're doing, for example, like you don't have to now all of a sudden do something else off the mission of those you serve because of it. And I think that, um, you know, really assessing, okay, what are the words uh, in this post? So, for example, if I want to talk about, um, you know, content strategy or Claudia's like, I, I really need to let people know I'm available for work, adding one or two little phrases or words about you know, and, and don't do the whole abundance of caution, challenging times, try to find something that's a little more storytelling as an example. Um, but adding one or two phrases about navigating through this or how this will help during this season, um, show an example of how someone's used your product to help entertain kids at home, you know, during this time. Um, so you can certainly tie it into the current situation if it's a natural fit. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say if it's not, don't, right? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, an example I have is, so my tagline is creating conversations one post at a time. And um, a couple of weeks back, we decided to post um, an image with all the names of those who have lost their lives due to uh, police brutality. And we just stated, you know, our whole purpose is to start conversations and this is the most important conversation to have. So um, that's a way of kind of tying it into your brand and staying consistent on brand, but also supporting and having that content out there for people to engage with. You know, and, and that's really important, Claudia, that you mentioned that because I know you and I have had offline conversations about these topics. And mm -hmm. I think you also want to kind of be aware enough and really your organization's position of it you know if you have your own mm -hmm. business you have more leverage right you can right. say hey self-select out you're not the right client for me mm -hmm. i understand that not everybody has that leverage 
Right. And so you want to make sure that whatever you get involved with is something that you have backing for, um, for a multitude of reasons. Right. Absolutely. So, um, you know, recent studies show that um, consumers look to social media expecting brands to be transparent about current events and social justice issues. So when should a business engage in this type of transparency? Um, in other words, when should a, a brand go ahead and talk about those hot topics, even though all they do is, uh, I don't know, sell crock pots? <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say I've seen a crock pot mistake. So we'll just won't go there. Um, but, you know, you want to think, well, first, it's like, what type of business are you? Right. Private organizations have different, um, you know, capabilities than public companies, organizations do. Those may be bound by different rules. Um, so some organizations must disclose all kind of information whenever they're called upon um, based on the rules around, you know, what they do and how they operate. Um, so know that. Right. If you work for SAWS, for example, or, or a public water system, you know, there are things that, you know, a public information act, there, there's all kinds of rules there that we won't get into, um, but you need to know that for your organization, right? So when you have to disclose and how, um, but typically for most organizations, when you should disclose um, or be transparent is when it hits close to home. So mm -hmm. obviously if there's an issue within your organization some, or something impact, impacted your employees, your business, um, or something is real close to your customers. Like obviously, if you had a business that, you know, um, served high-risk senior citizens, then the COVID information and how you perform business and all the changes of that, like that's going to be completely vital to continue to share, right? Or if you have a strong Black community um, engagement and following, like, you know, sharing your views, the work you're doing, reiterating you know, your brand pillars all may be very important, right, in those right. situations. Um, so the, the closer it hits to your stakeholders, the more likely you should um, be transparent and share something. Um, or if it's in alignment with who your organization is or who your leader is, the work they've done, and you can prove it, mm -hmm. you know, that could be a good space. Um, or if you're willing to make things right and make a change, and, you know, we'll continue to follow up and share that evolution. I think that would be a great space um, to say something and not be dissonant at the end. Right. Um, when it's proactive and you thoughtfully craft it, not just being re reactive and putting in a comment and then all of a sudden it becomes that crazy tornado slash rabbit hole experience where you hadn't thought through, check something, you know, sometimes these things have to go through HR, have to go through legal. Um, mm -hmm. Again, your advisory committee would be helpful leadership, right? So right. it's it's tough to say it all depends, but um, hopefully you feel like you have enough ways to look at these scenarios to think through that. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, we have another question from Laura. What personal lessons do you think COVID is teaching us as a communicator that you've feel will further shift PR's role moving forward? My personal lesson. Um, you know, I think it depends on what, what side of the house you sit on, right, Laura? You know, if you're 
inside organization in-house or if you're like me and you work from home and you're like i'm glad you all understand the value of this now and let me share some personal hacks for working remotely and you know making the most of uh your schedule when you're you know at home or whatever um so it depends <laughs> everything depends right so it depends <laughs> on, on that um but i think what we're seeing now is that that goodwill is invaluable and investing in your community and your people should have always been there um, but it's going to be a must to have a healthy enough economy environment customer base that can um, sustain um, each other through this i think that's what i'm seeing a lot of mm -hmm. um thanks laura great question um i'm gonna jump back i have a couple more questions um so if you have any questions please put them in the chat and we'll get to them in just a minute <clears throat> so flipping the coin how can businesses navigate apologies around sensitive topics? Um, I know we've been texting each other things we see in the news and on social. So yeah, how can businesses do a sincere apology? Yeah. Well, since we're social people, don't use the hashtag sorry, not sorry, because that's not going <laughs> to go well. <laughs> you know, I think in terms of uh, issuing an apology in this idea of crisis communication, it's really not if that happens, it's when. Like, right. You know, we all, even as individuals, have that moment where we're like, oh, that was rude, I went too far. Organizations are built of people, right? So someone's mm -hmm. going to make a mistake somewhere, somehow. So trying to plan ahead and having a response team, a crisis communication, an operational response team is a great investment. Um, those clients I work with that had a plan in place before COVID hit have fared so much better. Um, than others, right? Um, so that's definitely a specialty. So just first recognize that it's gonna, something's gonna happen. Let's think through what are all the what if scenarios in my organization, being honest with yourself about who your leader is, who your boss is, what your deficiency are. It's like, you might as well not stay up at night thinking through that, just work through it on a piece of paper and how you should respond. So at least you have maybe a little template Mm -hmm. Just like we would do with standard responses for frequently asked questions. You know, how would we respond uh, on the fly if an employee said something off color? If, you know, someone got tested positive for COVID-19, yada, yada, right? Mm -hmm. On that. Um, but generally, there's some hallmarks of this. So speed matters, right? So a good response today is way more valuable than a perfect one tomorrow. And I know mm -hmm. I said every word counts and that's very true, but that's why you want to think through these. Go ahead and like take your lunch hour to think through these <laughs> to yeah. save yourself some, some heartburn, right? Um, you know, but, but definitely something that's empathetic and purposeful today is going to be better than tomorrow. We can never say no comment. Um, you can take a moment um, to, to get your response together, but what you can share right away is empathy. Um, mm -hmm. If there's a, something that happened, right? Express that early. You can confirm what you factually can at that moment, um, just so that you can ask that community to give you some space to look into it and come back to them with next steps. Um, so that they know that uh, you're responding, you'll provide an update when you can. And sometimes you can't. Sometimes it is confidentiality that 
you're not going to tell them who the employee was. I have seen it. Like on a Saturday right. while I'm working out, something blew up on social <laughs> to a yeah. very kind client that nothing happened. And it was really just someone making a false claim um, within a Facebook group. And it went wild. And we had to jump on it right away. Um, and it was very tricky. But that's when you go, okay, so who's that crisis response team? Who handles HR? Do we have right. a legal consultant? You know, where's the CEO? I need to talk to, you know, this higher level. And everyone agrees on the written statement. And because if I'm responsible, I want to make sure that they all agreed on that approach. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I also have like my own little board of directors of people I kind of uh, talk shop with and, and check in and did I handle that right? Let me keep learning. What right. would you do? Um, in your industry, you may have some more jargon words or acronym words in a response. Definitely don't want to use that. Explain clear, concise, get on, get off the stage, right? Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and take care of it. You know, always want to share concern for the affected and handle what needs to be handled and then report back because it's always actions before words. And what I tell every organization or client or anyone I talk to is, you know, you can't PR a terrible situation, right? You know, right. We're, we're, any good PR practitioner that abides by the public relations society's ethics and rules and all that, like we're not going to spin anything. Um, we're going to tell you like, well, what are your operations like? What was your emergency response like? You know, what are your um, DNI rules, right? What are your human resources rules? What are your practices? Fix those, mm -hmm. and then we'll communicate. You know that action. Right. Um, we have a question from Lisa. If your organization is going through a negative situation that is playing out in the media, should we continue to post as much positive news on our social media pages? Um, I, I don't see why you wouldn't unless they contradict what's happening in that report. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, you're definitely, with crisis response, like you wanna take action, take care of it, don't repeat the problem, right? Mm -hmm. Like learn from that mistake um, and, and move on as quickly as possible, right? Um, so that is doing good work, sharing good news, sharing good stories, getting some testimonials, people to share um, the brand love for you and, and kind of testify on your behalf that you are mm -hmm. a strong organization. Um, absolutely, there's no reason not to unless it's in direct conflict and contradicts the issue at hand. Right. And we have another question from Linda. What are some ways that a nonprofit organization can increase their social media presence when there's not a dedicated person responsible for social media posts? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll jump on that and then I'll, I'll punch it back. Claudia, okay. But, okay. Um, you know, Claudia and I had an opportunity to work with a nonprofit um, a little bit in that scenario. And our advice collectively was, well, then let's definitely look at having at least one person that you would imagine as the manager or editor, right? That's mm -hmm. going to curate content, um, visuals, copy, um, video, ideas from a committee. Um, because again, if it's everyone's job to live the brand, uphold the brand and support the PR efforts, that means part of it is telling the story on social. 
-hmm. and you will need support on it. Um, but there should be one person that kind of keeps, um, you know, even if you imagine them as like a traffic controller, right. That keeps the planes coming in and out. And and same thing with content creation in that, in that way. Claudia, any additional thoughts? Um, so usually I will tell clients, you know, of course you're going to have kind of the gatekeeper of maintaining the brand and the voice and everything, um, your editor as you will. Uh, but I also recommend look in your organization and see if there's anyone on the team that happens to be a little social media savvy, whether, you know, their personal social media is like beautiful or, you know, really engaging. Um, if they know how to navigate the technical sides of social. Um, and maybe that's something that you find that it happens to be, you know, your grants writer is social media savvy. So you approach them and ask them, hey, if we, we kind of shift things around, would you be willing to handle our social media? Um, but then that, that happens, you know, behind closed doors. I don't know what the compensation and all that stuff would look like. Uh, but if you can find anybody that can help and then just put a plan together, like who's going to collect information, who's going to draft it, who's going to approve, and who's going to post it. Um, am I... It could even be everybody in the organization, but has a different role in the process. So that's my advice. Absolutely. And, and one thing I would caution against is don't just throw it to any intern, right? right. Um, it is such a sensitive time. And um, there's so, it, literally with quarantine across the globe, there's more people online, like in terms of time than probably ever. Yes. And with all that complexity, you don't want to just go, well, we don't have anyone who wants to or can or has time to deal with this. So we're just going to get this intern and they'll do it for two months. And then it changes hands and changes hands um, because they don't have that experience um, and they shouldn't have probably that responsibility. Can they help you with scheduling? Can they build visuals for you? Can they help draft copy? Absolutely sure you know, mm -hmm. mentor them in that way. Um, but do have someone that's got hopefully some kind of PR understanding, ethics training, um, you know, social media training, marketing. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can walk up to this, but make sure that the, that is more collaborative effort. Um, I always cringe when I, I see the stereotype of them saying, young person knows how to use social, here you go. <laughs> and then that young person takes the fall. And that is, right. that's not right. And we're here to do right. Right. I was once that young person. <laughs> Luckily, I grew up to be a somewhat decent professional. Uh, Follow-up question from Linda. On average, how often should you be posting new content on social media pages? Um, I guess uh, I would say at the very least once a week. If that's all you can handle, that's all you can handle. Just make sure that that content is high quality um, and has the information that your audience needs. Um, but really, yeah. you know, it just depends. Minimum once a week, maximum three, I don't know, three, five times a day. It really depends on how much content you have. And how important and valuable and diversified it is. If you're working for a large organization that has a lot of departments that have a lot of different customer groups and messaging mm -hmm. needs, you know, it can get kind of wild, right? Um, but how HEB expresses that versus, 
you know, another organization. I was in house there. I, I knew it was almost like we're, you know, I, I really need social. I need a post today. And, and there was a good, okay, well, here's our content calendar and let's talk about the importance of your message. And so guard your customers in that way. Um, yeah, anything, keep it alive, right? Once mm -hmm. really high quality, helpful, great. Um, you know, good rhythm three times a week. Um, another quick tidbit is if you're already doing a monthly newsletter email blast going out, um, just take the, the be, uh, pieces of that newsletter to populate your social media content. Uh, it's a really quick and easy way to make sure that your messaging is consistent across platforms and you don't have to really rewrite anything or create something new. So if you want to save time there, that's yes. what I've done with nonprofits. Oh, so much repurposing y'all. I mean, if, mm -hmm. for example, if one of your experts is doing a webinar, record it, type it up, transcribe it. You have mm -hmm. content for a blog, chop that up to email, chop that up further to social, up and down all the way, go for it. Um, we have another question from Terry. Some companies or organizations want to jump on all social media platforms mm -hmm. or the latest trend what are your tips for providing advice on which platforms are best for the company um, I usually we kind of have to figure out who's the target audience once you figure out the target audience then you can more or less figure out what platforms are best used so the top three right now I would say are Facebook Instagram and LinkedIn I think every business has at least those and then Twitter depending on how often you're tweeting and how much engagement you have. Um, but there's nothing wrong with exploring new platforms. If you see your organization doing a lot more video, uh, maybe you want to explore YouTube or Vimeo or even TikTok. You know, TikTok is, uh, <laughs> it's still very young. Like there's a lot of young content on there, but uh, it's fun and it's engaging and it might work for you. So that's my advice for navigating social media platforms, uh, Melissa? Yeah, so on the trends and the watch out for is that's me, right? So I would definitely not, again, jump on any kind of bandwagon unless you know exactly where it's going and you're ready to, you know, stand by that um, principle. So, um, you know, I, I, we talked a little bit about Blackout Tuesday and that morning when we started seeing um, all the different content Mm -hmm. We talked and I talked with clients. Okay, what do you have planned on your posts? Um, let's audit your calendar today. What did you, you know, is there anything that would just crash against this kind of messaging? And for some organizations, should we kind of step to the side and let the messaging of that movement kind of um, have its space? And mm -hmm. so trends are tricky. Um, I'm all about tried and true, especially if your organization doesn't have the resources for a lot of team members to be working on your social. When you start a channel, you're, you're making a commitment, right? You're mm -hmm. starting a relationship. If you leave it out there, which I will not say I haven't been personally guilty for, but I'm like, nobody cares about that thing. <laughs> um, but never for a client, right? I would never say turn on Twitter. And then if you get too busy, don't worry about it because that, somebody could be posting crazy things with your handle and you're not monitoring and it becomes uh, tricky. So go after the, like Claudia mentioned, the ones that resonate most with your audience that have the biggest returns, do that very well and add on as you can. Great. Um, well, I think that's 
all the questions from the audience. Unless you have any more, please submit them. Uh, my last question for you, Melissa, is what are some quick things that everyone can do today to incorporate what we've learned from you into their next uh, week or month social media? Yeah, I think, well, our top tip was, um, you know, you want to audit and plan out your content calendar. Mm -hmm. If there's something happening in the community and you notice it, have some allies in your organization or even outside that you all watch each other's back. End. Did you know it's Blackout Tuesday, right? I remember having some conversations with folks about that mm -hmm. um, so that you're all kind of keeping an eye on what's happening in the community. Um, we know that every word and images matter a whole lot. So be very, mm -hmm. very conscientious and thoughtful about what you're doing for your organization. Um, if we didn't, we didn't get to this, Claudia, but if you don't have a social media policy for your employees, right. get one, Definitely. right? Make sure you develop one, make it easy to understand and, and they understand their responsibilities as individuals. Mm -hmm. um, on that, because that, that's a good, easy investment for pros like us to help you with, or, you know, there's a lot of examples uh, online. Hootsuite, I think, has a, a great template for it. Mm -hmm. On the other side, you want a policy also for your community so that they understand what are the common team guidelines for this page, right? While right. your social channels are not owned by you, they're shared property with Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and all that. Um, you can kind of proactively put out, hey, here's what we stand for and here's what we won't stand for. And so that that way, at least culturally, I don't know if legally, but culturally, you can say, hey, we said we weren't taking spam. Yeah, Josh36521 or whatever, right? Right. Um, and you can remove that knowing that you set some parameters. Um, you know, great commenting policies I've seen are like PBS has a really nice one. Coca-Cola, um, even Saws here locally has a nice one out there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and with social media, this kind of work, you just got to keep learning, evolving, um, understanding that this is 24-7 type work. There's going to be times where you're really on call mm -hmm. um, and have to make some tough calls. And so get a pro in your back pocket online and, and just keep learning. Um, PR people are pretty darn careful. So if you have one that you trust, you can check in with or follow PRSA. They have really great guidelines that tend to not get you in trouble. Um, although they may be some too conservative for some, right? Right, again, take right. And then again, and more fundamentally, is audit your actions and behaviors as people within the organization. You know, where can you do better? What can you do to get more involved? What can you do to prove that you care about your customers, you care about your community? This, we're in this together, like how are you really showing that? Um, and sometimes again, that even is in offering, you know, content that's not on topic so that we can look at other things and kind of release some pressure sometimes, right? Um, and you know, how can we, people want to experience your organization and brand. So how can they walk alongside you in your um, evolution? Mm -hmm. Great. Well, um, I think we're coming to an end here. If you want to connect with Melissa and have a PR professional in your back pocket, uh, you can find her on social media. You can email her directly and you can find her at www.mvw360.com. Um, if you have any questions for me or, you know, are curious about Sweet Talk Social, you can find us 
Sweet Talk Social on all social media. You can email me or visit sweettalksocial.com. Thank you so much for having me, Claudia. Thank you all for attending. I know that you all are you know, experts in your own right with your own organizations, but again, none of us can really know enough or, you know, um, right. so we just keep learning from each other and Claudia and I can help you. Um, we team up all the time too, just to have best of both worlds. So um, keep doing good work and, and we'll be here to support you. Great, thank you so much. Um, I think that is a wrap. Uh, everyone have a great day. Thank you, Melissa. Bye all. Take care. Bye-bye.